You're listening to the Fanfic Maverick Podcast, the show where I talk to fanfiction writers about their work and the marvelous world of fanfiction. This show may contain adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. The following paragraphs are from Chapter 1 of a fanfiction story titled Somewhere in the Ruins by today's guest fanfiction writer, Glittercake. There is something very horribly wrong, aside from being wet and freezing and insubstantial pain, that is. The fact that it registers pain and cold at all is an indicator of just how wrong things are. Its mind is short-circuiting, buzzing, vibrating. Images flash in and out like an old busted-up TV screen. It is thinking, imagining, creating within itself. The mind is not supposed to work that way. It is only meant to function for this one purpose, mission success, and is then put to rest. However, rest has been delayed for close to 36 hours post-failed mission. No one has tracked the asset, despite the tracking device still being active in its neck. The asset doesn't know why. It also doesn't know why Captain Rogers insisted that they know each other, or why it spared his life. It does not know that man doesn't know why the captain kept calling it James Buchanan Barnes, or what a Bucky is. What the asset knows is this. Number one, main objective, terminate Captain America, status, all protocols breached, mission unsuccessful. Number two, the asset is in considerable pain, right shoulder dislocated with brute force. Number three, secondary mission, terminate Falcon. Status. Gross violation of parameters. Mission. Unsuccessful. Number four. The home address of one S. Wilson, a.k.a. the not-terminated Falcon. The algorithm identified a secondary target should the first mission be a success, because... The last thing we need is a Captain America that can goddamn fly. Get rid of him, too. The asset did not want to get rid of one S. Wilson. S. Wilson can fly. The asset doesn't know anyone else who can do that. S. Wilson soars through the sky like a rogue angel, boundless and beautiful and free. To the north, south, east, and west, four corners of the world, greetings from the wild era desert of the American Southwest. I'm your host, Chaos Blue, and this is the Fanfic Maverick Podcast. Our special guest fanfiction writer today is Glitter Cake. She has been a member of AO3 since 2017 and has 139 fanfiction works posted for All American, Teen Wolf, Captain America, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Glitter Cake, welcome to the Fanfic Maverick. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm very good. How are you? Oh, perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. We are talking about a pairing today that I haven't discussed on the podcast yet. So I'm super excited about that. It's uh, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. So super cool stuff to look forward to. But first, of course, we have to talk about your history with fan fiction. 
So go ahead and tell us, how did you find out about fan fiction? How did you find your very first one? So I actually had to really think about this. I actually had no idea. So I think it was my cousin. I mentioned to my cousin that I was just uh, finishing Teen Wolf. And um, at that point, I just wanted more because the show had ended and there was like no sequel inside that point. And I desperately wanted to know more about the specific parent I, I was into. So he said, there's some place online that people write these uh, stories. And I was thinking of like books or is it unfinished manuscripts or something to that effect. And he said, no, it's a proper stories about these people. But he didn't give me the website. So I, I was searching days and eventually I just didn't find it and I think someone on Twitter then mentioned AO3 and I went to search for that plus the pairing's name obviously and it came up and I was just downhill from there I was just reading story after story about these guys and and what they got up to and I was just reading anything literally anything I could get my hands on at that point um, and yeah that's how I found fan fiction. Do you remember about what year this was? It was probably I think late 2017 or middle 2017. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty late to the fan fiction party. Oh, wow. Wow. So did you have any inkling that fan fiction existed before you were told about the website? Or was this like your very first, like, oh my God, people are writing stories? Yeah, I had no idea. I actually, I was, I was amazed. I had no idea that this was a thing that people did at all. I, I didn't, I didn't know it was an option to read or write it. For that matter, I was just blown away. Oh my God. That is so cool, though. That is so cool because you already like Teen Wolf, right? And then you find all of these stories about the thing that you like and the characters that you like. Do you feel like you went down this crazy rabbit hole just consuming as much as you could? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I remember reading a couple of shocking uh, stories because obviously it's about werewolves um, and people get pretty wild about werewolves. But I read a few really shocking stories. <laughs> things uh back then but most of the stuff were really good that I read um and then obviously it progressed and when I realized about Teen Wolf I went and, and looked up all the other fandoms that I never thought this existed for and it was there and I read it so that was good you know I did the same thing when I first discovered fan fiction I first discovered fan fiction because of a tv show that I liked back in the 90s and once I discovered fan fiction for that show my brain was like oh I bet that there's stories for other shows that yeah. I like too <laughs> and I started looking for all the other shows that I liked and what do you know I found all of yeah. it online back in the 90s. Amazing. Yes, this crazy, amazing thing where I was like, oh, my God. Okay, so after you, like, discover fan fiction and you start going down, like, the crazy rabbit hole, do you remember about what year you first started writing your own fan fiction? I think it was early 2018. It had to be to, uh, early 2018. It wasn't uh, very long before I started posting on AO3. I, I didn't have an account, so I was posting on all. Wattpad for a little while and then I switched it over I got an account with AFC and then I just switched it over to posting over there and then I didn't stop I think the the fan fiction just got longer because I used to write just about anything and post it on there and it got a bit longer as I went oh that's so cool did you consider yourself a writer before you started writing fan fiction or was fan fiction kind of the first time that you tried to write anything I didn't. When I started writing fan fiction, I didn't think of myself. I thought I couldn't do this. I, I didn't know that I could write. I mean, I, I did. I wrote the stories. But the other day I was cleaning out some cupboards and I found um, a stack of exam pads with a story that I'd written when I was probably a teenager. 
like original fiction. And I, I, I literally, that it's just escaped my mind. I cannot even recall doing that. Uh, and me, I wrote, it's my handwriting. I wrote it there and my name's on it and everything. But I, I didn't realize that I actually had been writing all the time. Um, there's probably two different stories, not completed, but, but it's there and it's written there. So it obviously came from somewhere and it was just lying and waiting for me to reopen that can of worms. I love that because it means that the writing bug was already in you at some point, <laughs> you know, like as a kid, writing these things and being creative in your brain. And then fan fiction's kind of like this uh, this vehicle, right, for you to be able to like utilize that and be creative on a more consistent basis. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is so, 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 so cool. What's cool about that? Well, as you're talking, that's reminding me of this note that I found, this author's note I found in your chapter 20 for the the fan fiction that we're talking about today. You had said that chapter 20 pushed you into 1 million published AO3 words. Yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Okay. <laughs> like, so amazing. <laughs> Yes. So for someone who's only been like writing and publishing fan fiction since 2018, I'm sure you have over 1 million published AO3 words by now. That's just so amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it wasn't really something I was working towards. I wasn't writing to to get there. But I think before I even knew it, it was on its way there. And then I was like, okay, well, let's do this. So I tried to push as much words into the chats as I could. And I was like, yeah, you know, over the line, I think I, I reached it just exactly 1 million uh, when I posted that story. So that was, it was fun. It was the last thing to do. Oh, you know what they say, time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been in the fan fiction scene for, for a while now. Tell us what your favorite things are about fan fiction as a concept. You know, obviously we know that fan fiction is a genre unto itself, right? It is different than other types of fiction. What makes fan fiction in particular unique and compelling for you personally? So I think the freedom that you have for the characters to do just about whatever you want for them, you put them in all these terrible little situations and, or nice situations, depending on what you want. So you get to see them um, or read about them or write about them in situations where they would never be. So Captain America being maybe a barista or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it might be, or in like the one I'm busy with now, she's the, the husband of the president. So you put them in these situations that you'd never get to see. And it's just, I find, I find it so cool to just write about all these different scenarios that they could find themselves in. And then also obviously linking them romantically where you wouldn't see that in, in the movies and the Marvel movies either. So that's a big fun thing for me to do is, is get them together and put them in situations. I love that you mentioned the romantic aspect of fan fiction because that doesn't actually come up on this show very often, which is surprising to me because like so many fan fictions do revolve around that romantic relationship. I think that that's such a great point to make because you're right. Most of the time, these aren't canon relationships that we're dealing with in fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're ones that we're just exploring on our own in a context outside of established canon. And uh, we would never be able to do that or get to see that or enjoy that without fan fiction's presence, without it being a thing. Yeah. And, and also just to even if, you get a glimpse of it in canon, like we did in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, that show was just full of little 
moments between these two that obviously could be read either way, but I choose to read it a very specific way. And then you write about that and you just kind of build on it to see where it goes. And and I think a lot of people are also looking for exactly that thing. So they see one thing happening in the show or in the movie and they're like, this needs, there needs to be more. Um, and that's where fan fiction really picks up where the movies drops. So that's that's great. I love it. Yes. Fan fiction kind of takes up the torch, you know, and carries it on. And I think we all need that, right? We all need that, especially for stories that we're just not ready to let go of. We don't want it to be done. We don't ever want it to be done, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So that's just a beautiful thing about fan fiction. So since you brought up A Falcon and the Winter Soldier, let's lump that in with the next question, because I was going to talk to you next about your background with Captain America, MCU type universe fandom and all of that. But I did want to ask you specifically about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because I did watch it and it was very interesting. There were a lot of things I liked about it. You know, one of the funniest things about it to me is just how done Sam Wilson is. You know, like he's just so done. And like the banter between him and Bucky Barnes was just interesting to me because like they're so mad at each other, you know, but it was just really interesting to see them kind of work through those things throughout the show. And I wanted to know what your opinion was on that. So it is one of my favorites, uh, Dizzle Plus shows. I think it was one of the first ones that came out as well. So it was, it kind of had a high standard to reach, but it was, I thought it was, it, it was good. It had its issues, obviously, but I feel like it showed the relationship between them really well. So I like that journey from Civil War to Endgame to where they were in Falcon and Winter Soldier because it just raises so many questions. Are they friends? Are they angry with each other? Like, what happened? You know, so that was a, a big thing for us in, in the show when we saw them again. Uh, they were kind of almost estranged lovers you know acting really weird with each other and it was nice to see them almost get back together or or mend the friendship when they uh, meet again uh, at the end of the show it was really fun seeing that so I really liked uh, their journey in the show together yeah oh I love that word that you use mend they mend that relationship because they do you know they start out kind of antagonistic with each other (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) Um, but they do mend it by the end I really liked seeing Sam Wilson what's the word I'm looking for I feel like they really did a good job expanding his uh his background and his character for us Because we got a chance to meet his family, you know, his sister. We got a chance to get to know, like, what his background was with his father a little bit. And I really appreciated that because I think that Sam is a really cool character. Yeah, I think they, so they, I think they could have done more, to be honest. There was a lot of things that we didn't get to see that I wish we did. In that we, we didn't get to see anything about his partner, Riley, who was a big part of his life in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. This guy was brought up and it was his partner who actually died in combat. So we were obviously all hoping to see a bit more of, of Riley in the show and to see, or even flashbacks uh, of Sam dealing with his loss and his eventual retirement from the Air Force. So that was something I was really hoping to see. And then there was a lot of stuff that I felt that they could have expanded on a bit more. Like you saw Bucky in therapy and I felt like, I could have also maybe shown Sam dealing with that kind of trauma of losing that close, well, we assume it was a close thing because it was, a, it was quite a shocking loss for him. Um, and we all write a lot about Sam losing Riley 
as the only kind of point of trauma for Sam. So it would have been nice to have something else, to show something else or how he dealt with that. But they did, I, I, what I did like what, really about his character in Falcon into Soldiers, he showed this human interaction with all the villains. So he had, well, not villains really, but the antagonist. He, he had a very, very gentle approach to them which I think speaks very nicely to his character. It's always how I see Sam as someone very, like he can kick ass, but he's very gentle. And I love that about him. So we, we did explore a few things, but I feel like it could have been more. Like we could have had some flashbacks. I would have liked to see more scenes with him and his sister. And yeah, they could have been more, I think. They, they could have, it was his show. I think they could have done a whole lot more with Sam's character. Yeah, that's the thing with shows is it's like you always feel like they could have done more, you know? And that is what I walked away with at the end. I was like, well, that was good and I'm glad that it exists, but obviously there could have been more, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, hopefully, you know, I haven't been keeping up on like the latest news for these Disney Plus shows, so I don't know if they're planning on a second season or whatever, but hopefully they are because we can absolutely stand to see way more of those two. He's actually getting a movie. Are they really? Yeah, he's getting Captain America 4. I think it's called New World Order. So he'll be in in his own film and Baxter Scott is in film. So I feel like it's a good thing they're in separate uh, shows. Obviously, I want them together. I want to see them together. I want to see them interact, but Sam's got his own movie um, and you've got the guy who is now taking up the Falcon mantle from him also in the movie uh, with him and then Bucky's uh, moving on to a different movie. So hopefully we'll still get a mention of the two of them together but um, yeah, Sam's got his own movie. He's got own cat movie, own title and everything which is pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. That is so, so exciting. See see how much I don't keep up on stuff like this? <laughs> it's because I'm old and I just don't have my thumb on the pulse of anything anymore. <laughs> But that's exciting. That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you for telling me because I did not know that. That's awesome. No, speaking of like the MCU universe, though, and like the whole Captain America kind of thing, like what's your background with the MCU and Captain America in particular and these characters that you write about? So I knew these movies existed. I knew they were Marvel movies and that's what I called them since always is Marvel movies. I never knew it was a whole universe that was kind of interlinked. I don't think I ever watched a single Marvel movie before maybe 2018. So my friend was busy going through an MCU run and um, she was looking at the Iron Man movie. She was really into the Iron Man movie. And she's like, no, you have to, you have to watch these movies. So, and I was like, okay, but if I do it, I can't do it out of order. It needs to be in order. I can't watch movie four and not watch movie one. So I started watching from the beginning and then she was all team cap at that point. And I, I sorry, team Iron Man. And I was, you know, look, team cap is where it's at. This is team cap are my guys. We're going to have to fight about this, but team cap are, are my people. Cause there's Steve and there's Bucky and Natasha and Sam. So I was like, this is pretty cool. The Cap movies just caught my attention throughout. I, I love a, a bunch of movies in there, but Captain America Winter Soldier, I think was just the by thriller. And I watch it still to this day. If I, if I feel a bit down, I put Captain America the Winter Soldier on and I rewatch that movie. And I know, I think every line by now, and it's still pretty cool. So um, that's pretty much what it was. I just started watching the whole MCU and the Cap movies just caught my attention. 
Nice, nice. I am so glad to meet another person that knows this universe from the movies. You know, I feel kind of weird saying that sometimes because I know there's a long history of comic book, you know, (laughs) canon and things like that. And I have just never, I've never read a comic book in my life. Like, I don't know anything about comics. I think they're, it's a very (laughs) cool concept. And I love that a lot of people collect them and love them. I just don't personally know anything about it. So my whole exposure to the MCU universe is only through the movies, you know? And some people like to make fun of that and be like, oh, well, you're not a real MCU fan. It's like, whatever, okay. No, I, I don't know much about the comics either. I, I do read them from time to time, especially the new releases, but it's such a complicated, intricate network of stories. I don't know where to begin. No one does. Yeah. Um, and even if you started in the middle, you're going to miss something. So it, my thing is just pick what you want to read and read it. But also, I'm more into the the movies anyway. I don't always have time to sit and read a comic. Oh, right, right. And it gets expensive collecting them. And, you know, like you said, it's it, it, sometimes when I talk to comic book people, it sounds like a full-time job almost, like keeping up with it. And like, you know, <laughs> understanding all the stories and there's different timelines and... You know, my brain can only handle so much. I don't know. So it's the movies for me, but the movies are very cool. So I agree with you that uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is probably still to this day my favorite MCU movie of all time. I still watch it just like you do. and I always think it's super great. So all of the characters that are in your fan fiction that we're talking about today are in this story here. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Bucky and Sam Wilson pairing, right? Because we've never talked about that on the show before. We have talked about Bucky a couple times here and there, but never this particular like romantic pairing. And I loved it. Like reading your fan fiction was amazing. And I can absolutely see why these two characters work so well together. First of all, do you know, is there like a special name for this pairing like there normally is for these kinds of things? Yeah, so the one that is, I think, most well-known is it's just Sam Bucky. So you just put their names together, um, Sam Bucky. And then there's also Winter Falcon, which is the more Marvel old school type of name for them, I think, which is also their superhero name. So it's Falcon and Sam and Winter Soldier is Bucky. So it's Sam Bucky and Winter Soldier, yeah. Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure what people were calling it in these days, but give us your thoughts about this pairing. Like, what makes it compelling for you? What are the best parts about writing for this particular pairing? And then what are the most challenging parts about writing for it? So the thing with them is that you can, whichever way you look at these guys, they work. So whether they are best friends, they work. If they are brothers-in-law, they work. Which is also a thing because there's a pairing for Bucky and Sam's sister Sarah, which is also really cute. And I love the two of them together. So they could also be brothers in law and it really works. They've got that dynamic, just it fits with everything. And it even works as a romantic pairing. If you're into that, it's just that they, whichever way you want to do them, it's going to work. And obviously, I've chosen to do them as a romantic pairing. And what I love about them so much is that you've got Bucky, who is so grumpy and serious and always write about him frowning because he is always there. There's a frown between you guys. He's always frowning. Um, and then you've got Sam, who is the sunshine guy and always joking and smiling, which is not taking away from his own issues. But it's always, the, I love the grumpy guy and the sunshine guy together that really works for me so these two together they really make things happen I like it that reminds me of um I've been seeing this little meme 
go around on Twitter in fan fiction circles. And it's the exact same like dynamic that you just described, where you have the sunshine guy and the grumpy guy. And it's like this really popular type of like relationship dynamic that exists in fan fiction. And it's like a it's a it's a thing. There's memes about it, guys. And what I do love about that as well is it's not just the grumpy guy and the sunshine guy, but it's also the grumpy guy being completely in love with the sunshine guy and adoring him. And it's just also so evident in the show when you look at the way that Buffy sometimes looks at Sam. It's just, you get that, you can see, but he just adores this guy. And whether that's like as a romantic partner or as a friend, it's just amazing seeing it because you can tell that he like he really likes this. Because like he, he really likes him. Yes, yes. You can absolutely see that adoration. And that adoration actually comes through really well in your fan fiction here, which we'll talk about in a second. So go ahead and tell us about this fan fiction. It is called Somewhere in the Ruins. And I want to know what inspired this fan fiction story. What is it about? And then what themes were you exploring here with this story? So I think this is mainly inspired by a lot of post-Captain America the Winter Soldier specs that I actually read on AO3 between when I started reading for Marvel and when I started writing this. I read a bunch of stories and at that point, a lot of the bigger ones that I read were massive word, word counts and it was all focused on this time period after the whole thing happened at uh, the Triskelion and after the whole Sam and Bucky and Steve fighting on the causeway kind of thing. So, and it was mostly focused on Bucky's recovery and how Steve helped him through that. So those, those stories I read were Steve and Bucky focused and they were really inspiring. The authors did an amazing job on those, on those stories. But what I wanted to do was to create a story similar to that. So in that state in the same kind of universal time period but I wanted to put my spin on Bucky's recovery what I wanted out of Bucky was that he's not I don't see him as a as a weak kind of guy that needs healing I see him as actually kind of strong because if you look at where we find him in Civil War he is already self-sufficient um he's a bit you know lost but he's self-sufficient he obviously can care for himself and he does that very well. So I wanted to focus on that part of Bucky instead of him being a little helpless and a little, you know, sad and brainwashed, which he was. But I wanted to focus more on him being uh, self-sufficient and, and doing his own thing, getting therapy and not Sam being the person giving him the therapy because that's a really annoying scene that pops up in almost every single fan fiction you can think of where Bucky's healing is involved. Sam's a counsellor, so, and I think a lot of people didn't get the signals mixed with involved that Sam can just go and fix Bucky. And I absolutely hate it. I, I despise it so much. So I wanted a story where Sam is involved in this process and they grow very close during this healing process, but Sam still has his own story. He's his own person. He's got his own battles to fight and Bucky is healing on the side. So my goal for this story was for Bucky to heal, for Sam and Bucky to get together, and for Sam to decide what he wants to do with his career. Because we know that in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Sam told Steve that he retired after Riley passed away. He didn't have a reason to be in service anymore or to be fighting anymore, to put the wings down. And he just went on to become a peer counselor. 
And then I thought to myself, well, there must have been some kind of a mental shift for Sam to say, okay, well, I rather want to fight. I want to help Captain America. I want to put the walls back on. And he did without question. He just put the wiggles on and all walls ahead and, and helped Steve and fought the winter soldier and fought the whole government actually for Steve. And he had no issue doing that. But I wanted to explore that in between. So what made him change his mind and how did that make him feel? So in the story, there's a lot of places where Sam goes, I don't know if I want to do this. And in the movies, it, it looks like such a simple choice for him, but I, I don't think it would have been. So I wanted to explore how he felt about that choice and how it felt for him to call things up. So in the story, he's got his own therapist completely separate from, from Bucky's and they talk through a lot of these things and he internally deals with a lot of them. And in the end, he comes to the decision that he wants to keep fighting. He wants to keep helping. And that he is strong enough to do it, even if he's got some doubts about himself. Because like I said, he's just a guy. You know, he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have super strength. He doesn't have the serum. He's just got a pair of wings. And then I think he, his journey in the story is realizing he wants to do that and he wants to continue helping and fighting. So that's the story in a nutshell. I love the way that you describe that. I love it because it hits like so many different points that really meant a lot to me as I was reading. I agree with you that I really love that both characters in this fan fiction have something that they're dealing with. I loved how you did make Bucky more of a survivor than like absolutely broken or like not able to help himself. You know, he has challenges and everything. But he is trying and Sam is there to be more of a of a support and let me get you the resources that you need. But you're right. He doesn't take on that counselor therapist role here. He just sort of very gently supports Bucky's decision to to do that on his own. You know, it, it was funny. My first impression when I started reading this this fan fiction and I was like, oh, the thing that I loved the most when I first started reading was the intersection between the stoic asset Bucky, right? Oh. And the emotional Bucky in the background. Because at first you meet the stoic asset who's all about the parameters of the mission and, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. But then you start seeing emotional Bucky poke through, especially when he's thinking about Sam. I think it's in that first chapter when he first calls Sam an angel. Because he's thinking about this man oh. with wings. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't know any other way to describe that except to call Sam an angel. And that's certainly not something the asset would do. But Bucky would do that, which I just thought was <laughs> super, super cool that right away in the story, you get Sam able to sort of trigger some sort of emotional reaction yeah. in Bucky from the very beginning. And I thought that that was really special. Yeah, it wasn't. I think the stoic mechanical Bucky is actually my favorite part of this whole story because, and like you say, the emotional Bucky coming through, the actual person Bucky coming through and, and speaking through the asset, even if he doesn't realize it. So and a lot of the times Bucky would be using this kind of stoic mentality and, and stoic way of talking just to get to Sam because he knows it unnerves this guy. He knows it, it kind of pulls at his strings a little bit. So he does it on purpose. And uh, Sam started, starts realizing that he does it on purpose. It's my favorite. It was my favorite part to write in this whole thing. It's just like he's babbling like the mechanical kind of computer kind of type of thing. And then Sam's like, oh, no, here we go again. And then Bucky teasing him with it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And the teasing was also showing he's actually becoming human. He's becoming himself. 
Yeah, so that that's really fun to do. Yeah, I love that. I love that that was one of your favorite parts to write because for me, it was one of the best parts about reading it. Every time that Bucky would do that, you knew that he wasn't doing it because he was falling back into asset mode. He was just doing it because he knew that it would get a rise out of Sam. Exactly. And so like, <laughs> he would pick and choose when to do it and then he would just do it. And every single time, like Sam would react so perfectly. So you knew that Buggy was just doing it because of the way that Sam yeah. would react. And it was exactly. super cute. <laughs> yeah, super, super cute. Earlier when you were talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and some of the things you wish we had seen in the actual show, you did mention Riley. And one thing that struck me about this whole fic was, you know, speaking of themes, I felt like falling was a huge theme in this fic. Because you do explore Sam's relationship with Riley here and what happened with Riley. So in the fic, you talk about Riley falling and that's how he died. And then we have Bucky falling because he fell from the train. The train, yeah. Yeah. And then you sort of have Sam falling too because a soldier coming back from war into their old civilian life after experiencing trauma and then falling into grief, you know, like that's a type of falling and then falling in love, yeah. you know, because he does <laughs> fall in love, which yeah, exactly. is a different type of falling. So I just thought that it was really interesting to see all of the different ways that you explore the theme of falling here in this story. I loved it. Yeah, I really, I also like playing with, uh, with Bucky and, and Riley both falling at first. Sam's obviously got a type of guy, you know, that he's, get you interested in or or make friends with but I always think it's interesting to compare how the two of them you know how their fates played out um Riley was shot for the RPG I think but I imagine it hit his wing pack and then he tumbled to the ground so he he could have passed away either way either one of those ways but it's a it's a thing I love exploring in almost all the the stories that I write is how exactly Sam doubt because like he's Sam himself said he was just up there to watch it happen he literally watched it happen and that must have had some kind of a effect on him so it's always fun for me to kind of dig into that and and explore more about how he feels and what are the after effects of him seeing that and him experiencing that it's always a lot of fun to write about Riley yeah and I'm so glad that you did because I feel like this was the first fan fiction that I was exposed to that really dug into that for me, which I really appreciated because I mean Sam's grief over losing Riley like that was so palpable in this story, you know, like you did a really great job of not just mentioning it you know or touching on it, but like you really made it like <laughs> this central focus of what Sam is dealing with because. Of course, it's traumatic enough, like coming home from war and everything. But when you're grieving somebody that you were so close to that like died right in front of you, that's a whole nother thing. So like really exploring Sam's grief over that, it was so compelling. I especially love the way that you described Sam's particular experience with grief. When you're grieving someone, you're, of course, grieving the fact that they died and you're grieving the fact that you lost them and they're not there anymore. But sometimes I think we forget that grieving also means grieving the future with that person that we never had. 
And you absolutely go into that here in the story where Sam is absolutely grieving that future that he wanted with Riley and never had. That was very interesting for me as well, because I always think if they were maybe romantically involved and and made all these plans when they were together in service or in the Air Force where they were, they would have made all these plans and they would have said, okay, when we come back, we're going to buy a house, we're going to have some kids. And just the, the absolute devastation of that never happening. It's also something I love to explore. I love to, to look into that and see how Sam would feel about that because I think making plans for your life after something like that happens, it's difficult when you've had a, a plan of how your life would have gone and then he, it didn't go that way. So you had to rewrite his entire life around it. So that's always, it's good and gritty to get into. And I'm actually doing it in my current story that I'm busy writing now as well in a complete alternative universe setting. But I'm using that same concept of his grief and his plans for his life that change so drastically and so dramatically. That's always a very fun thing to to explore. Oh, I'm so glad that you're re-exploring that in a different project because, yeah, it was so compelling and just so real and so raw. As I was reading it, like, oh, my God, I think I wrote the word true next to it, you know, because like I've dealt with grief before and that's exactly how it is. You grieve that they're not there anymore and you miss them, but you're also grieving for the future. Definitely something to grapple with. But I loved how in this story, Bucky is aware, of course, that Sam is like he's had some traumatic things happen to him and he's aware that Sam is dealing with grief and, and the whole like trauma of coming home after war and reintegrating into society and all that. But I love the way that Bucky doesn't view Sam as this like fallen creature, you know, speaking of falling, you know, (laughs) he's aware that Sam is struggling with these things and these challenges, but he still sees Sam as this like flying angel, you know, soaring and free and not broken at all. At one point in the story, he um, he starts talking about Sam as this rising phoenix. Sam may have like had some challenges and stuff, but Bucky sees him as this phoenix like rising from the ashes of that trauma and sees him as this like strong person. And I just thought that was really beautiful to see the way that Bucky saw Sam. I'm so happy you said that because that was absolutely one of my favorite points in the story. Was and I was like, oh my god, did I just come up with this by myself when I when I wrote that? It was it was pretty good, and I have to say it to myself. But I really I think I like that analogy I made over there when I said that he he rises up from whatever might happen, and it's not to say that he is forced to do it. It's just who he is as a person. He he always gets up and he he does more and he carries on doing whatever he needs to do. And I think that's one of the things that Bucky probably admires so much about him because Bucky's got his own like whole suitcase full of issues and trauma. And I think he kind of looks up to Sam to see how he'll, he, he deals with that and what, what he does for everyone around him, for himself and how he practices self-care and self-love and love for the people around him. So I think Bucky really admires that about Sam. So it was one of my really good points in the story uh, where Bucky says to him that he reminds him of a phoenix who rises from the ashes because that's, I think, how Bucky would see him. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just, I love the phoenix metaphor for so many different reasons, you know, because I feel like so many of us can relate to that experience of having to start all over again. 
whether we're rebuilding our lives or rebuilding our identities, rebuilding careers, whatever it is, so many of us have had that experience of having to start over and rebuild. And so I think for so many people, that analogy of the rising phoenix is so meaningful to a lot of us who have had to go through that. And so it was just really cool to see how it applies to both of them, really, yeah. you know, because, yeah. you know, obviously, like Sam, like you said, he just has so much character that he's always going to get back up and he's always going to keep trying. And so, um, of course, that's, you know, so inspiring for Bucky. But Bucky has a little bit of Phoenix in him, too, because, uh, you know, he's having to rebuild everything from the ground up. And uh, and so he's having his Phoenix moment here, too. I loved that you gave him a woodworking project (laughs) to work through because it felt like such an analogy of him, like rebuilding his whole entire life the same way he's building this treehouse project in Sam's backyard from the ground up. (laughs) And it was just, it was so cool to see how Bucky felt about this project, especially when it was finished at the end, because uh, he says that he spent so much time killing and destroying. And uh, and that treehouse was the first thing that he had ever done in a long time that was creative and was building something instead of destroying it. And I thought that that was really powerful. So initially, uh, I'm happy that you saw that analogy, but initially I just gave him like a project because I was like, dude, you can't be moping around on the couch, just going to therapy all day and drinking coffee all day. You've got to do something. But <laughs> I was like, okay, what can you do? What is there for you to do? And I, I thought about, you know, what people in my family have done. And I remember, I think it was my uncle building a treehouse. And I was like, okay, this, this is a good thing for you to do. Go read a book uh, and stop building this treehouse. So it was mainly just to get him off of that, just to get him to do something. Um, and then it actually turned into quite a nice metaphor for his own life. Like I, I broke all these things, I killed all these people, and I made a beautiful little treehouse that I'm going to kiss this guy in. So that, was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> That was the best payoff moment, by the way. Like, it's cute enough that he's building the treehouse because, you know, through the whole fic, he keeps calling Sam Bird, you know, hey, Bird. Um, So, of course, he's going to build Bird a birdhouse, you know, like, it's just so cute. And then of all the places for them to have their very first, like, kiss, you know, like the payoff scene for the story, I was like, oh, this is perfect. And then the sign that he puts on that treehouse at the very end. Uh, no meatballs allowed. No meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of laugh with myself about that. That was pretty funny. Um, I was just like, it made me laugh. You know, this could have been any kind of sign. And I was like, no, Bucky would definitely not allow any meat. And my first immediate thought was Steve. He would not let Steve into this treehouse because he had this really weird relationship with Steve. He was like, I don't want to know this guy, but I have to know him. So maybe I will. And but he can't come into my treehouse. So that sign was just for Steve Rogers. Oh, that's so funny. That is so, so <laughs> funny. The use of the word meatballs throughout this fic, like I'm not gonna lie, it made me laugh like yeah. every single time I saw it. So that was great. Oh, you want to know the other thing that made me laugh is um when you were <laughs> when you were describing the texts that Steve was sending. Um, I think he was probably texting Sam or something, and he ends all of his texts with, regards, Steve. <laughs> and I was like, Steve, it's like, you know, the 21st century, like, you don't have to say regards, Steve. <laughs> but of course he would do I, that, I, right? Yeah, of course he would. He would. <laughs> he would. Definitely. I can totally see him. Like, he would not even use an emoji. 
I don't know if I made any emoji, but I don't think he would. Natasha would probably make him do it, but I thought it was so funny. Regards, Steve. Like, uh, okay, Samuel's weird talking to you. <laughs> no, it made me laugh so much because, um, you know, everyone's always uh, joking around about how, you know, Steve's an old man. He's like, hey. you know, Grandpa Steve or whatever. I have legitimately, like, received text messages from my grandparents that are kind of like that. <laughs> Where it's like an email instead of a text message. And yeah. you're just like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so, of course, Steve would text like that. It was just a funny thing that I thought was hilarious. But um, <laughs> now um, I had a question for you about chapter 20. This is just a silly throwaway question, but the title to chapter 20, was that a White Stripes reference? It was. It was actually. I, wrote, I listened to that song the entire time that I was writing all those action scenes. And I thought, you know what, this is a really good title for this chapter because Bucky would, he would fight a Seven Nation army to keep Sam safe. And I was, I was working their dynamic to that point where they were just this unstoppable duo and Bucky would just absolutely annihilate whoever came close to Sam. And that's like peak dynamic, peak Sam Bucky dynamic for me is when Bucky is completely, surely protective of Sam Wilson. I love it. It's my absolute favorite thing. And I write in like that almost in every situation that I can. So definitely Seven Nation Army, that song was playing on Duke until I had this chapter down. It was definitely a wide stripes reference, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. When I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, does she mean the white stripes? Which is so perfect because there's that line in that in that song. Seven Nation Army can't hold me back. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and it's so perfect for that chapter because you're right. Like he does not let anything get between him and Sam. Yeah. And it was so perfect. It was so, so perfect. One last thing I'll say about this fan fiction that was delightful to me. Um, you know how Thor's a god, right? He's mm -hmm. a god. So you literally have that do sex machina moment in, <laughs> in this fan fiction where Thor comes out of nowhere to sweep them away from the danger. And it just made me laugh a little bit because I was like, oh, Thor's literally a god. So that you totally works. That. That's like yeah. do sex machina right there. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> I, that was it's actually so funny because I didn't know I, that I, I sat for the last chapter for so long. I didn't know what to do and how to get them out of this situation. I was insistent that they actually be chased down by Ross and his guys and they be found in the tower and Tony and Steven and everyone working like madmen to keep this from happening. But I didn't, and I didn't want to change that, but I didn't know how to get them out of there. And I know that after Captain America the Winter Soldier, we had Captain America Civil War in which Bucky ended up in Wakanda, but I didn't want to just throw T'Challa in there and, and just stuff them in Wakanda for no reason. Um, because that, that would just be rude. Like you can't just go stuff him in T'Challa's kingdom for, for whatever reason. So I was like, dude, who else is there to just pick up these guys? And Thor can fly. He's got magic. He's got a magic bridge. He's on a completely different planet where Ross would have no jurisdiction. And there you go. So Thor just showed up in his little rainbow bridge and sucked them into space, which I thought was pretty convenient for the author and for the, for the characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was delightful because I did not see that coming at all. So when it happened, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was so great. It was such a great moment. I loved it so, so much. I wanted to ask you, you know, I believe 
that it was your author's notes in the very first chapter of this whole fan fiction. You were mentioning how this is kind of one of those fan fiction projects that you started some time ago and then kind of stopped. And then it was just one of those things that you went back to kind of back and forth. And I was wondering if you could like tell us a little bit more about that. Like what made you keep wanting to come back to this project? So I think the main reason why this took me so long is that I thought I wrote it completely out of order. When I started this, and I think it might have been 2018, late 2019, early 2019, I'm not sure when it was, but it was very long ago. So when I started, the first scene that I wrote was the scene of Bucky in his first therapy session. And I literally did it just because I was so sick of seeing Bucky being, uh, or Sam being Bucky's therapist. I was like, this has to stop. I need to write something that is going to completely subvert this entire idea of Sam being Bucky's therapist because it irritated me. So I was like, okay, let me write this little travel. And then I thought, okay, wait, this could be a thing. This could be a whole thing. And then it did become a whole thing. It's, I just kept writing scenes of what their life would be in a post-Captain America Winter Soldier story. So it was a bunch of scenes that were supposed to be interconnected but wasn't at that point. So I had this whole document. I think it was about 30,000 words at that point. And I didn't know how to connect these things. It was just a bunch of scenes that sat there. Um, and I kept adding to it. And eventually I was like, no, I need to start making this make sense to add to these things. And that's why it took me so long because I just didn't know what to put where or how to connect them. And then at one point, it just clicked what I wanted to do. So the whole story's backbone kind of just clicked. Like, this is where they are. This is where I want them going. And this is how I want the story to end. Um, and once I had that, I just revamped the outline a little and I added some chapters in there to explain a few things, a few filler chapters. And um, then it started making sense. And I think it was about after chapter seven, eight, seven or eight, that I actually started writing in order where everything was then connected. And then I started writing in order. And I think that's just why it took me so long because it was completely written uh, out of order and there was no actual connectedness between any of these things so I just connected the scenes I wrote some extra things that I slotted in in different places and then once that was all done I started writing chapter by chapter and then I also learned my lesson obviously so now I just I don't write out of order anymore or I try not to and if I do it's very little that I do that or for very specific reasons but I try to keep the scenes and the chapters in order because otherwise it just gets too wild and that's for me to keep up with. So that's, that's why it took me so long. It's just that and I, I was also frustrated about sitting on so many words and not posting it. And I'm not a fan of posting stories if I haven't finished them completely. So I was really anxious to get this done and start posting because sitting on so many words and not posting it was really annoying to me. Yeah, I can imagine that is a lot of words to sit on and just be like, oh, it's just sitting there and literally yeah. <laughs> no one knows about this. Like, this is horrible. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you did come back to it and you were able to finish it out because it's just amazing and brilliant and it's so much fun to read. And there are so many beautiful moments here. Would you say that like starting and stopping and coming back to it and going out of order, was that the most challenging part about finishing this fic for you? Or would you say that there's another part that was the most challenging? No, that was probably it. I think that coming back to it 
or, or not knowing was probably the worst. Not knowing what I wanted to do or what I needed to do to make it make sense was the worst. And that, that was such a relief when it just clicked. And I was like, okay, okay, this is where it's going. So even though it was inspired by a lot of the post Captain America Winter Soldier stories that I'd read, I still didn't know exactly what needed to happen. And I think I didn't have a clear vision um, with all the scenes just being random. I didn't exactly have a clear vision of their relationship and how it went from this to this. So once I figured that out, it was kind of smooth sailing. I can see that. I can see how <laughs> yeah, once you get over those humps and those challenges that it gets a little bit better and everything. It turned out wonderful at the end. Thank you so much. I, I feel like it all flows really, really well. So you wouldn't even know that it was done out of order at all. <laughs> um, which scene from this fic would you say is your favorite? Oh, gosh. Um, it's going to be between the scene where Sam is fighting that big guy, Dreadnought. That was really a, a lasting fall because you actually see that happen in canon where he's I think it was I, I don't know if it was in Trinity War or if it was an Endgame's battle but he he fights a huge huge creature and he kills the thing with the tips of his wings and I thought that was so freaking amazing because he's just this dude with wings and he decks this massive alien and stabs him to death with the points of his wings so that was a really cool thing for me to see Sam do and I wanted to reiterate that in the story as well so when I wrote about uh, this big badge dreadnought guy coming at Sam I really wanted to bring home that Sam can actually beat these massive guys no serum no nothing so that was one of my favorite scenes was his fight scene with dreadnought um, and then the phoenix scene that followed after that that we spoke about earlier was also a really nice one. And the ending, I think, was a nice full circle ending to Bucky thinking about Sam flying and that he's also kind of with Sam in the sky now because they have flown away together. Yes. Yeah, it was a perfect. It was a perfect ending. It really was. It really was. I think that that ending is probably my favorite too. The whole thing is super great. But that ending... Mm. The payoff <laughs> scenes are just so good, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are almost at the end, but before we end today, do you have any other fan fiction writers that you wanted to shout out on the podcast real quick? It's just actually a thank you to two of my very good friends uh, online. It's uh, Yavani. Uh, she also writes for Sam and Bucky. She's an amazing writer. She writes lovely story and she draws amazing art and then the other shout out is to Sophia who and I have been friends for so long um, since the beginning since before I actually started writing I think or just before I, or when I started writing and we go back a really long time we I think we probably told me at this point we are so we chat every day and we laugh and we share uh, stories and yeah so we were just really good friends with those two girls I always chat with them online so a big shout out to those guys thanks for making my online life a whole lot better oh that's awesome thank you so much for those shout outs and thank you so much for coming on and joining us today we really appreciate that thank you thank you so much for having me it was so nice oh good 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 check out her stories guys on AO3 and give her some love you can find the fanfic maverick online at fanficmaverickpodcast.com 
on Tumblr at Fanfic Maverick Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at Fanfic Maverick, and I can always be reached at fanficmaverick at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next episode. In the meantime, keep on rolling. Rolling.